As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast uh, once again. I'm uh, one of your hosts, Ben Sternke. I'm here with Christy Penley. Christy, how hey, are you? Ben. I am great. Good to see yeah. you. It's good to see you as well. Um, it is very good to see you. We are looking forward to getting into this interview today with Matt Alexander. Um, but yeah. uh, you and I were just talking before we hit record here, Christy, about something that happened in one of your recent Gravity Leadership Academy cohorts. Is that yeah, right? Do I have yeah. That right? yeah. I, uh, I lead two Gravity uh, cohorts on Thursday. And so my morning cohort, uh, there's a girl in there who, uh, you know, going through the process at the beginning, I think there's some confusion and some not understanding and not fully grasping mm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> But yesterday she processed a Kairos uh, before she came to, to the cohort and she actually completed the whole circle and she understood mm. it. And she was like almost giddy about it. It was so oh, darling just um, to, to be able to, yeah, to detect and to declare and to yeah. discern the bad news and declare the yeah. good news and all of that. And um, it was just really fun for me to see her hmm. uh, do that. And so yeah. it got me stoked about it. Yes. And I love that. I love it when... Um, when we're able to share, there's nothing more exciting to me than hearing what God is doing in the yes. lives of people and for them to be able to yeah. articulate that. And it's, um, it was just really fun to hear that and for me yeah. to share what God was doing in mine too. So um, it was good. It is good. Uh, it is, I, I'm, I'm reminded, little, little breakthroughs like that happen all the time uh, in, in our cohorts. And I'm always just reminded, you know, that like this is what this is the reason we do what we do you know it's really right. um really beautiful moments um and that that's kind of what happened i mean if you're unfamiliar a lot of our listeners have never been through one of our cohorts and so they uh, won't be familiar with some of that language but essentially it's a a framework and a process for as you said christy paying attention to what god's actually doing in my life around me um yeah. and then being able to participate in practical ways, more deeply in the life that we share with God. So I, I found it's really, it's, it's really been a helpful place for a lot of people who they can art. It takes the, that sort of the articulation of that theology, like, Oh, it's about like, what's God doing? And we want to join him in what he's doing, right? We want to join God and what God's doing around us. And we want to participate in God's life, but it takes it from that being like a theological concept or something that looks great on a church website And it actually takes it into your life to say, like, do you know actually what God is doing in the midst of the the normal events of your life? Can you pay attention to what's happening, especially when things are bad or you're you're aware of negative emotions or things like that? How do you learn how to pay attention to what God's actually up to in the midst of that? Um, And that's kind of what the cohorts are all about. So. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a great story. Yeah. And I I was, even in my own personal life, Ben, this week surprised um, Mm -hmm. at what God was doing 
in me. Like there was a yeah. moment where I I had a situation where I just found myself super jealous of somebody and mm. really wanting credit <laughs> that somebody else was getting. And yeah. I I could acknowledge, I could I could discern that the bad news was that I was thinking that it was all about me, right? And um mm. but when I sat with the Lord and I really started like, okay, God, what do you want to say to this? Like to this mm-hmm. lie that I'm kind of not just believing, but living out. Um, mm-hmm. I thought his answer was going to be like, well, Christy, it's really all about me and kind of give me some mm-hmm. churchy word, you know? <laughs> um, but he didn't. Uh, yeah. When I sat there, I really was hearing him communicate, no, Christy, give me your jealousy. Give mm. me that that desire to be acknowledged. I can hold that and I can forgive that. And mm. There was something really personal and really kind of the Lord to um, to be that intimate in in yeah. what I was dealing with and what I was processing. So, yeah, um, yeah just a personal example. Yeah. yeah, that's really great, Christy. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah, there's, uh, you sh- there's more info in the show notes, but if you are interested in going through a Gravity Leadership cohort... Um, check out uh, gravityleadership.com slash academy and uh, check out the info there. Reach out to us at podcast at gravityleadership.com if you have any questions. Also, for free, you can join our um, our Gravity Leadership community, which is essentially an email that comes out uh, on Fridays with curated links uh, for leaders. Uh, and there's a bunch of other stuff that just allows us to kind of communicate about what's going on. And there is a lot happening behind the scenes right now that I'm really excited about. I can't really, uh, we can't really announce it. Christy, shh, don't say anything. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Joking. Um, but we can't really announce it yet, but there is a lot going on behind the scenes. We're really excited about, um, just uh, new ways to stay connected to the community, um, new workshops, um, a lot of, a lot of new stuff happening that I'm uh, jazzed about. So, uh, if you join our community, then we can communicate with you about all that that's hap- all that's happening. So gravityleaderships.com slash join if you'd like to do that. Um, all right. So this uh, interview today is with Matt Alexander. One of the things, Christy, that um, you had just met Matt when we did this interview, but um, yeah. Matt, Tebby, and I have known Matt Alexander for a really long time, actually. And we forgot, we forgot to mention this on the interview. I kind of start, I don't know what happened, but, um, sometimes, sometimes awkward things happen. And I started the interview fairly awkwardly. Remember this? Do you remember this? Well, there's another awkward thing that Matt said in this interview. So, oh, that's um, true. Yeah. So pay attention. See if you can. Multiple things. (laughs) I'm not going to steal, uh, the thunder there because I, I was surprised. Anyway, one of the reasons that Matt, I think Matt Tebby felt, uh, so bold to say the awkward thing uh, near the end of this podcast is because we've known Matt Alexander for such a long time. So we met Matt, um, uh, the church that Matt talks about uh, closing down in Miami. That was a church that was part of a network that um, both Matt and I's churches were part of. And so this is probably, man, I can't remember exactly, but um, it's probably, we've probably known Matt for close to 15 years, actually. Wow. It's been a really long time. Yeah. Just kind of here and there at different events. So anyway, he's a great guy and he's doing these soul care cohorts now um, where he kind of takes uh, pastors through Christian leaders, I think of all kinds, through um, just a, a framework for tending to their own, the care of their own souls. Um, yeah. And he's, he's got a really good framework, I think. And uh, this is really important coming out of the yeah. pandemic as well. I'm telling you, after this uh, this interview, I told my husband, I was like, I think I want to like get some more information. I this could be so great mm. for me, and um, yeah. so maybe our listeners will think that at the end as well. Okay. And there's some yeah. information on how they can get connected to him as well. Yeah, right on. All right. Well, anything else uh, that you need to get off your chest? Christian? No, no, nothing. <laughs> Any more stories of breakthrough? Like, <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. God's doing a lot of good things in your life. Yeah, so. It's good. No, no, right. let's get into the interview. Let's do it. Matt Alexander, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I'm here. 
You are here. I'm, I'm also here with Matt. Tebby, really we've got two Matts. We're going to have to specify. Uh, yeah. welcome, but Matt. one Christy. Yeah. Only one Christy, so that'll be easy. Mm-hmm. So Matt and Christy are here as well. Uh, the three of us are going to uh, talk today with Matt about self-care, about soul care. Uh, but Matt, first of all, for our listeners who may not be familiar with who you are and what you uh, do, uh, give, us, give us your info. What, who are you? Give us a sense of who you are and what you get up to in a day. Yeah, great. Well, I am down in sunny Miami, Florida. It's getting mm-hmm. very, very hot down here this time of year. And um, have, uh, I grew up in Texas and have been in Miami for almost 11 years now and uh, was part of a church planting team and pastoring and planting a church in Miami, a missional kind of expression of the church here for nine years. Hmm. And um, for, uh, well, I was a part of uh, kind of transitioning that community to to an end almost two years ago, which is a whole oh, other oh, story. Yeah. We could we do could, a whole podcast. We on could that, totally talk sure. about that at some point. It was uh, really beautiful and really challenging, um, and gut wrenching all at the same time. But but uh, yeah, that's another another part of the story, and. Um, so kind of in this season, I am not doing kind of local church uh, ministry work as much as a lot of coaching and supporting church planters and other folks in vocational ministry in a variety of ways. So I've got a, uh, a few different kind of hats I'm wearing. I'm a, a coach and uh, do a few different things with the V3 movement, which works with missional incarnational church planters and mm-hmm. uh, coaching training pathway for them in their first one to two years of planting. Um, I uh, have just recently started with a new initiative called the Caneo Center uh, that some folks may be familiar with. It's gonna, it's a retreat center in Puerto Rico that mm-hmm. Dan and Tanya White and their family have started, and we're going to have a cohort um, piece to that as well that's starting in 2022 that uh, cohort designed for pastors who are weary and wounded and are seeking to grow um, and process through their pain and move uh, to a more healed and whole place. Um, So I'm really excited about that. It was kind of a new initiative that I'm a part of. And then I do uh, soul care cohorts and coaching kind of independently. Uh, Some of that is specific to Miami area leaders, but also folks around the country and, and the, some international folks I've connected with as well. So Yes. Thank you. That uh, aspect of your um, work, of kind of working with, uh, with, with pastors in terms of soul care, self-care, um, that's why I want to talk to you uh, today, um, because the, the, the pandemic uh, has kind of taken this toll on pastors, and I wonder if you could fill in some of kind of what you've seen uh, happen um, the things that I'm aware of as as a pastor, but also as a as a coach uh, of pastors, are just like um, there's a t- there's been a ton of criticism that's been like levied at pastors um, over this past year about how they're handling the pandemic, um, and uh, that that hasn't all been uh, helpful criticism. <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, some of it maybe has, but um, but there's been a lot of uh, you know kind of the the usual suspects coming out of the woodwork to uh, criticize pastors. Um, there's cultural issues that have come to the fore that most pastors I don't think feel equipped to address: mm-hmm. racism, uh, Christian nationalism, a lot of these things that um, I think blindsided a lot of pastors. They weren't they weren't prepared to talk about these things, and they don't know how to talk about them. And people are, again, criticizing the way they're talking about them or not talking about them. And I think there's also was in the pandemic this need to learn new modes of ministry. Um, I, Matt and I oftentimes joke that neither of us feel like we're very good pandemic pastors, so we don't hope we don't have to do too many of these. Um, yeah. it's just hard, it was just hard for me to connect with people in a sufficient way. Like, there's all, you know, hard, it, it was hard. It's been hard. Um, so anyway, I wonder what you've seen, uh, Matt, just not, not just in the pandemic, but just in, in terms of pastors and, and this need for soul care or self-care. Yeah, well, that is a big question, and um, so I will not answer it. No, I will. Uh, <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, no, I think, yeah. So, I mean, each one of those things that you just mentioned, each one of those dimensions, each one of them in and of themselves are extremely intense and mm-hmm. heavy mm-hmm. and weighty. 
And to for a pastor or lead, or probably a leader of any kind, to have to deal with any one of those three in- issues just in a regular season of life or a regular year uh, with typical human responsibilities, that would be challenging enough. But to have all three of those layers collide around the same time is, I think, has been really devastating for a lot of uh, ministry leaders kind of in general and some specifically that I've uh, talked to and worked with in various capacities, you know. Um, Yeah, I think, uh, I I mean, I I do think that um, some of what has come to the surface in light of, of the pandemic, specifically in the past year, is probably like how exhausted a lot of pastors were already in general. And this kind of exposes that and takes that up, you know, four or five or 20 or 12 notches, right? It just mm-hmm. kind of adds, it, 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 has, it adds a lot of fuel to the fire. And so we're seeing a lot of folks who have been in vocational ministry uh, decide to transition out. Um, yes. And, you know, I'm not um, against folks discerning a new direction vocationally or, or deciding, hey, this isn't a good fit for me anymore or I need or I need to take a bit of a break and discern kind of like all those things I think can be fine and Mm -hmm. at times are really healthy and really crucial actually to a full life in God and uh, Mm -hmm. to live on mission and make disciples over the long haul Um, sometimes we do need to kind of pivot a bit for a season but uh, but I think you know we're seeing a lot of folks who are uh who are kind of, you know, deciding to move on um, out of a place of just complete uh, exhaustion and depression and kind of being crushed by not just the pandemic, but how their congregations or their communities are kind of responding to them and interacting with them in regards to what's been happening. And if we thought that pastoring was a tough You know, it's been said by whatever leadership gurus or whatever that being a local pastor is an extremely difficult job just in normal times. Mm -hmm. Like the expectations to kind of have the answer or to say the right thing or to craft the perfect like (laughs) sermon or pastoral care in these types of times, the expectations are just so uh, unrealistic Mm -hmm. um, that I think it's caused a lot of folks in ministry leadership to say, you know what, Uh, there are lots of other things I could do. (laughs) And I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to keep doing this. And uh, I get it. Yeah. I think that's a really important word of grace. You know, I think sometimes when we talk about these things and we talk about pastors quitting, it's almost like the implication is that it's, it's a tragedy 100% of the time Hmm. when, I think the the word that you're giving us is like, well, not always. Like sometimes this could be helpful discernment, actually. Like maybe the pandemic has brought these issues to the surface and a lot of pastors are in it, like really discerning with the spirit and saying, like, I got into this for the wrong reasons and I don't don't think I'm called to this or not not to this place or that kind of thing. So I think there's some, in some ways, you could almost say that quitting might be for some pastors an act of self-care, depending on the situation. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know what, Ben? I, I, think, I, I mean, Matt, just to, to your point, Matt Alexander, mm, the muscle. You're not talking to yourself right now. Not to yourself. <laughs> yeah. I only do that. I only do he, that off camera. He does that occasionally. Off camera. Though, so well, sometimes. I see now you, am I supposed to call you El Jefe? But I did no? change That's, my name see, just to help everybody. I see that on the stream. Yeah. 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 Uh, Matt number one. So I do think, Matt, anyway. that there's a lot of people I notice in our gravity cohorts that people get into these cohorts to attend to what God's doing. And I am uh, every, every month stunned by the number of people who, when they pay attention to what God's doing, they go, why am I in ministry? Mm. What am I doing here? Yeah. And they don't, they don't get into a cohort to leave ministry. But when they start attending to what God's doing, God's like, hey, why don't you question why? Let's, let's talk about your calling, your vocation, and why yeah, you're doing right, this. Yeah. Right. And so I do think that oftentimes when we hear stats about it, so, this many people left the ministry, et cetera. It's always mm. sort of like, a, what an awful thing. But sometimes this can be a, a move towards health. Yeah? Yeah, yeah you know, absolutely. The other thing I was thinking about is that, you know, in the, in the midst of the pandemic, before the pandemic, 
us pastors were having a hard time with self-care anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think we're yeah. good at that, right? And yeah, then the right. pandemic hit and all the craziness of the last year hit. And it's almost like we're trying to put a Band-Aid on a bullet hole mm. and we're bleeding out and we don't mm. know how to do it. We didn't know how to do it before. And now mm. it's like an emergency. And yeah. so um, we need to talk about it and we need yeah. to participate and live in what does self-care really look like? Yeah. That, uh, Christy, that was a wonderful segue. We don't plan these interviews, by the way. We just sort of like do this stuff. But that was, that was what I wanted to ask next. So we're, we're vibing on the same wavelength um, all across the country. It's great. Um, but I, I did want to uh, tune into that. So sometimes maybe quitting could be a faithful act for a pastor. But f- let's say, you know, f- um, for, for most pastors, let's say uh, quitting's not faithful and that there is the pandemic has brought about this need to, to address what Christy's saying. Like, I, I got to get better at self-care. I got to get better at soul care. Um, can you, can you lay out for us what, I mean, we talk, we talk about this as though everybody knows what it is. Um, but I think sometimes there's latent, uh, at least in my imagination, I don't know if I know the difference between self-indulgence and mm. like self-care, like what is legit caring for my soul so that I can be faithful and, and fruitful in ministry. And then what is me like escaping from hard things or, you know, things like that. So right. get, like what, how do you define it? What is soul yeah. care? What is self-care? <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I don't have a. Uh, I'm okay with either term. I uh, I personally prefer soul care, and I'll kind of talk about that. But okay. um, I, uh, you know, I think a lot of times, a lot of times, the general kind of perception about self care, soul care, is like doing a spa day every <laughs> once in a while. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Doing something nice for yourself. That kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's, or yeah, kind of like self-care is like living your best life or it's kind of like sometimes indirectly hedonistic, oftentimes right. like pretty over in my in Miami, it's like pretty in your face, yeah. but it's yeah. like kind of gets Speaking labeled spa like, days. Yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> plenty, of, in Miami. <laughs> plenty of spas around here to, <laughs> to participate in. But, um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, which, you know, I think some of that is fine. Like, uh, I'm not going to get upset about someone who wants to do a spa day every once in a while. But I don't think, for me, self-care and soul care, I'll use the term soul care, has more to do with uh, attentiveness to your whole life and crafting a, a, um, a way of life uh, that nurtures healing, wholeness, life-giving uh, stuff uh, as, as a, a rhythm of life of sorts. Mm. It's, not a, it's not something that happens every once in a while. One of the little things I say is that I say what soul care is not. Soul care is not supplemental. It's not selfish. And it's not sporadic. So mm. self-care self has, there's a, a flow to it. There's a rhythm to it. There are, it's not sporadic. There's some intentionality to it. You don't just do it when you're on the verge of burnout. Yeah, you yeah, definitely yeah. don't. Okay. Yeah, well, I'd love to talk a little bit about that a bit. But so it's it's not sporadic. There's a flow and a rhythm to it. And that takes some intentionality and some, some you know, crafting. Okay. Uh, it's not selfish. I, I love the Parker Palmer quote where he talks about, uh, he uses the term self-care. He just says, self-care is not a selfish act. It's just good stewardship of the one gift I was put on earth to give, which is himself, his life. So for Palmer, he's working with this idea that our our whole self, our whole life and being mm-hmm. is the gift. It's not what I do or my skill set mm-hmm. or what I'm really competent in. It's my it's having a big, robust life, you know. Uh, and so it's it, soul care is not selfish. It's actually good stewardship and um, uh was the other piece uh supplemental it's not supplemental it's not like this little thing you can add on to your life over here when you have time it has to be a a, a part of how you understand who you are and your vocation so this is a big thing for ministry leaders in particular which is my main context of kind of coaching and working with is that ministry leaders on a whole and i had this perspective for a long time have a real compartmentalized view 
of a lot of things, but of like, I do my, here's my work and I've got my, my, my spiritual disciplines over here hmm. or my life with God over here. Yeah. And a lot of conversations I have have to do with like, let's find a way to integrate this whole, like your hmm. life, your life is the work. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, <sighs> it's, we have to, we have to see a way of life actually as integral to our vocation as much as preaching or administrative or pastoral counseling might be as well, yes. or whatever, whatever else we do in our given ministry yeah. context. And, yeah. um, and when we're able to move more in that way, we see better stuff. You know, ministry yeah. leaders mm-hmm. are one of the few vocations where, <clears throat> like, you have to, like... Um, like you could be a really, for example, you could be a really good banker, potentially be really good at your job, but be terrible at your own personal finances and, but still be like pretty effective at your job, at potentially, your job. Yeah, right? Yeah. You can't right. do that. It, it's ministry leadership is not that dynamic. You have right. to right. be living out of a, of a growing life in God and understanding who mm-hmm. you are and growing in, uh, you know, the yeah. gifts of the spirit, the fruits of the spirit, the life, you know, all yeah. these things in order to like lead and do your work well. Yeah. So you can't have this compartmentalization dynamic mm. going on, but a lot of us really operate in that. And so, yeah, yeah so that's, uh, I don't know. That, I don't know that's if that hits on helpful. all the dynamics. Yeah. That's super helpful. And the metaphor that's coming to mind is almost like the soul is to the ministry leader as the body is to the athlete. Hmm. Like athletes yeah. can't afford to, segment their life like this, right? Like, especially like high performing athletes, like they can't just say, well, that's my work day. And then when I get home, I eat whatever I want. Right. It's like, well, no, it's all connected. You know what I mean? You can't just eat a tub of ice cream and expect to like perform well the next day or, or whatever. Right. And so like the stretching, like all this stuff that we might sort of look at in an athlete's life, that's like, oh yeah, they've got a meditation practice or a stretching practice or a, you know, a special diet that they're on, but their whole life is like geared towards, uh, making their body able to perform. So maybe the metaphor breaks down because we're not, I don't want to think about ministry as performance, but, but there's a connectedness to the athlete's life that I think I'm, yes. I'm thinking is a, maybe an apt mm. metaphor. Yeah, that's really good. This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy. Matt, I'm interested to hear, just this morning, I'm in school at Denver Seminary getting my demon, and I had to write a paper on the rule of life. What are mm. the rhythms in my life? And it, it's not meant to be just like what's what do I do every week or even every month, but like even annually. Yeah. And I and they gave all these different things, like, you know, sleeping and exercise and reading scripture and all that kind of stuff. And um I finished my paper this morning right before I jumped on and I was thinking to myself, I don't know how to rest. I don't know how to do that. And you mentioned like there's a connection, I think, between soul care and burnout. Mm. And as I wrote my paper this morning, I kind of had a freak out moment <laughs> of like, I don't want to get to the place of burnout. So help, can you just talk to me and to our listeners about kind of that connection between soul care and burnout and how do we not get there? Mm. Yeah, great. Um, well, there's yeah a lot that probably we could talk about with that. So I won't answer it again, but no, I, I think, uh, 
I'm a nine. This is on, a good interview, I'm, people. I'm a, ni- I'm a nine on the Enneagram. So getting me to like say my opinion yeah. about something is like, yeah, you really got to motivate gotta, me. Tell you gotta you to drag really, it out of me. Yeah, you really got to pull it out of me. All right. Yeah, no, I think, so how do, how do we arrest and how do we, you know, navigate? Well, the first thing I want to say is that there's a difference between um, preventative, maybe we could say preventative soul care work and uh, recovery or restorative soul mm-hmm. care okay. work. Yeah. And a lot of the time, and a lot of the, frankly, a lot of the big ministries mm-hmm. that are out there, kind of in the, the Western world that deal with like pastoral care, pastoral, uh, those types of like care mm-hmm. for pastors, deal yeah. more with restorative yes. soul care work. There's actually yeah. not as much yeah. stuff being done that's like really laser focused on preventative Stuff, mm. type stuff. Mm-hmm. So actually in the way I kind of define and talk about soul care, I, the the post, the recovery stuff is important and is needed, but that I don't even call that soul care. That's like, like soul, soul care or something. Is the, yeah, soul, that's probably a better way to say it. Yeah, it's like uh, soul care is, is the work you start to do of cultivating a way of life long yeah. before you've hit some type of crisis. And... Mm. Now, that doesn't mean you might still hit a crisis, even if you are doing good work. But some things are, you know, we don't get to control everything that yeah. hits us and how it affects us and how it hmm. intersects it with our mental, mental health and our family of origin and how the, all these things collide. But mm-hmm. So, I'm not saying it's like a, a silver bullet or anything, but, um, but I do think that's an important distinction yes. to note. Sure. As far as like preventing burnout... And how do we rest well? I think there are some really practical things that are important for, um, I mean, I try not to be too prescriptive with practices or mm-hmm. habits and say, everybody has to do this or you're, <laughs> uh, I'm really interested. You're headed for burnout. Yeah, yeah, I really am. Um, yeah, or you're head for burnout. I am really interested on some really basic things like, what do you, how do you find yourself most easily, uh, you know, coming home to God in a way, hmm. finding belonging hmm. in God? What, what's your spiritual personality? Um, Gary Thomas wrote a book years ago called Sacred Pathways. And uh, we've done, so, we did a lot of work with that in our church in Miami for a number of years. And we kind of tweaked some of the things and said, what's your spiritual personality? And we help people kind of get a sense of like how they most easily yeah. resonate with God and how do you cultivate some really tangible practices based off your spiritual personality to help you um, live into that. I think, yeah. I think the Enneagram is a great tool as well to gain a sense of kind of who you are and what some uh, good practices might be for you to live deeper into who you are and, and mature and grow up in some ways as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think everybody needs to have some type of contemplative element to their life uh, (laughs) while also saying that not everybody is a contemplative personality. And so, each of us have different appetites, maybe is a way to say it, for Uh, the contemplative life or for, for uh, contemplative practices, for example. Right. So, yeah. in the cohort, in the training I do, it's kind of like I do some contemplative practices 101. I, I work through like six or seven different contemplative practices throughout the cohort and everybody gets to try them on and experiment with them in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. And But we talk about repeatedly like the goal is not for you after the c- training is over to implement all six or seven of these contemplative practices. Maybe you find one or two that are particularly meaningful and helpful for you in this season of life, and you do integrate them into your way of life. Not everybody is a contemplative, and I don't want to try to um, force that on anybody, Mm -hmm. but everybody needs to have some kind of contemplative element to their life in order to... uh, you know, have some spaces for reflection, for silence, mm-hmm. especially in the Western world. Those things are so absent from yeah. our culture yeah. and from most ministry leaders' way of life that having a, some way to get at that is really crucial to digging underneath the surface. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I suppose a lot of, I mean, um, 
a lot of soul care and a lot of like rest has to do with our our unwillingness or inability to kind of go beneath the surface of our life and to explore parts of ourselves that we would rather avoid mm. and that we experience shame or guilt around or fear. Mm. And so uh, that's a big thing that I try to work with leaders on as well okay. as like, how do we, how do we actually go beneath the surface, become attentive and um, yeah, cause burnout is not, is not just a result of like doing too much, although right. that may be part of it. It's more about like, I think, living an unexamined life and yes. a mm-hmm. an incongruent life might be another yeah. way to say it yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I read I read an article a while back that was talking about <clears throat> you know how people were saying they felt burnt out and that kind of thing, but they weren't doing anything. You know what I mean? Like at least not like hard labor. Like hardly any of us know what it's like to, you know, like dig ditches for 15 hours a day like that. Right. There, there is a way you could physically burn out. Right. But most of us, when we talk about burnout, I, this article is saying are talking about an internal incongruity. We're talking about some kind of way that my life doesn't match my expectations or, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's an internal element to this burnout, you know, when we talk about it. Big time. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so I'm hearing you say a couple things here about uh, soul care then, Matt. Um, one, it's, it's not a one size fits all thing. It's not like everybody, if you just practice Sabbath 24 hours, you know, like you go for it, you're, you know, you'll be fine. So it's not a one size fits all thing. There's some discernment to kind of a rule of life that, that really does help us do soul care. And the other thing I heard you say is that it's not just a matter of activities. So it's not just a matter of, I will not open the laptop, you know, on my Sabbath, or I'm, I'm going to you know, uh, make sure that I take a retreat day. I'm going to go to the monastery or something like that. So it's not just activity, but it's the willingness to dive beneath the surface of our lives and and confront maybe issues of shame or um, pain that maybe we'd rather not uh, look at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just kind of use some examples from the kind of the cohort that I, that I lead people through. So on this, this would be helpful. Yeah. So, there are six different areas of soul care that we examine in the cohort. It's eight sessions long in total over about a four-month period, more or less. And just, and, and just to just to clarify, yeah. you're talking about these soul care cohorts that you offer. Yeah. Yeah, and there's one coming yeah. up this fall, right? That's Yeah, yeah okay. it'll start at the end. I do one kind of in the fall and in the spring. Uh, mm-hmm. The one the fall starts around the end of August. Okay. And right. um, so, six elements. Yeah, so there are kind of six primary Elements and the elements are we look at uh, emotional health, relational health, spiritual health, mental health, <laughs> physical health, and is that it? No, I missed one. <laughs> you need a <laughs> handy <again>. acronym. <laughs> Sorry, it's all good. I, I, yeah, there's I six the elements. Thing. Six elements: <laughs> emotional, relational, spiritual, physical, mental, vocational. Those are there the six. And that comes yeah. from the wellness community. That's not just like right. what I, yeah, my idea or whatever. That comes from the wellness sure. community and work that they've done to say, this is what it means to be a human being. A human mm. has these six, every human has these six elements to their life. They may flesh out in a variety of different ways, mm. but this is part of what it means to be a human being. And so what, what we do in the cohort is uh, for ministry leaders, we talk a lot about how Jesus is the model for uh, being a robust, healthy human being, the most beautiful, healthy life that's ever existed is in the most whole life. And we actually see throughout the Gospels, Jesus exhibiting all six of these areas in a variety of different ways. And so, we process through that. We process through the challenges that ministry leaders face with moving mm-hmm. towards health in each of these areas mm-hmm. and talk about ways that they overlap because they all overlap. The leading analogy that I use is that our life is we like to treat our life like mm. it's this preschool cubby holder. If you guys can imagine that in a preschool or a kinder, mm-hmm. my, my daughter just finished kindergarten. And in her classroom is like a cubby holder that each of their kids has their own cubby. And mm-hmm. they put their lunch in and their crayons and whatever they got with them. And cubby holders are really nice and they keep things organized. They're great for kindergartners, but they're really bad for adults who are trying to mm-hmm. like, you know, live a full life. 
because mm. we 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 try to compartmentalize our things and keep our emotions over here and our relationships over here and our work over here yeah. and that's just not how life works yeah um that's not right. how human beings are are wired to function mm. we're mu- we're much more like ecosystems mm. that have each an ecosystem has distinct parts to it right uh, the water is different than the rock, than the bird, than the tree. All these things are unique and distinct, but they all intersect and collide with one another. And to affect one is to affect the whole. Yes. And so all these six areas intersect with one another. And what a lot of the work we do is say, okay, so we're going to work, we're focusing this session on emotional health. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk through that and how you are showing up emotionally in this season of life where you're experiencing pain. Um, oftentimes when we experience something in our life that we don't like, our tendency is to ascend, to kind of do the power move, pull up our bootstraps, make it happen, get better, improve. A lot of that's just kind of behavior modification of sorts. Mm, right. That's the American way, by yeah. the way. We're taught to kind of make it happen, overcome. Uh, we either ascend or we avoid, we get away from it, we distance ourselves from it, or we become apathetic towards it. And Mm -hmm. the apathy move is more like we freeze. We just kind of coexist with whatever the thing is in our life that we don't like or that Mm -hmm. we don't Mm -hmm. want to address somehow. All those moves are ways of not addressing the real thing. And so what does it look like to become attentive (laughs) To it, to actually move. I figured there was another A word. Yeah, there's. You like? I, I got the A. I love got it. The, I got it. the A thing. I grew up yep. in, ba- in a Baptist church, so there you go. We, we do. Yeah, it's all the time. Yeah, love it. So attentive so, is what we're looking for. Attentive. What does it look like to move towards attentiveness? And attentiveness doesn't mean just developing a different habit, mm-hmm. although that eventually is what comes. So back to your question, like it doesn't just include soul care. Isn't just about like doing new or better things or newer, better practices or activities. Although that probably is a part of the journey, but a huge part of the journey is becoming attentive to the thing in our life that's not working Mm -hmm. or that is got shame attached to it or Mm -hmm. is causing dysfunction in our relationships or whatever. And so becoming attentive to it means that we begin to go underneath the surface of like, Mm -hmm. okay, so I'm noticing that something isn't working. How do I become curious about that in a non-judgmental way, just kind Mm -hmm. of notice it for what it is, not whether I think it should be happening or if it's good or bad or whatever. How do I explore some scripts that I might have around, if we're talking about emotional health, for example, and I'm noticing that I'm having a hard time being vulnerable with my spouse, if if that's the issue that's showing up in this leader's life. Okay, well, let's talk about so that you've noticed that, let's talk about strips that you have in your head about marriage, about right. being present with mm-hmm. your spouse, about sharing. Mm-hmm. How did mm-hmm. your parents do that? How did other significant people in your life, how did other, you know, exploring yeah. some strips and then explore, exploring mm-hmm. like where there may be some shame or some fear or yeah. some guilt that may be keeping you stuck. So how do we not just for example, say like, I'm having a hard time sharing with my, with my wife and I guess I'll just pray, pray about it. Pray, pray about that more. She really, wants, she really wants me to, but I don't really know. Like, how do we really not just, to, yeah. that's like not doing anything. How do you become a, attentive to it and actually go down, yeah. actually yes. descend yeah. a bit, explore yeah. it. And, and then you, we can begin to, you know, yeah explore what a, maybe a practice might look like to move towards right. some and health. Not, and not just to put the practice, not just to kind of slap it on your life, like bolt it onto the side of your life. Like, I got this new practice, now I'm fine. But the practice is unto being able to do this, right? Being able yes. to connect better with my spouse, mm-hmm. for example, if that's the kind of the issue that I've, I've got here. Right. Um, so the practice is sort of unto, you know, like a good spiritual discipline is. It's mm-hmm. unto something greater than just the discipline. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, Matt. That I mean, that sounds really similar um, to a lot of the yeah. the kind of work that we do in a in a Gravity Leadership Academy cohort. We try to encourage leaders to you know to get below the surface um, and to to dive down into that. So it sounds it sounds great. Um, 
and we'll uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to, if you're if people are interested to find out more about that uh, starting this fall. We'll put a link in the show notes to a what is that going to be to Matt a, a form yeah. that they fill out or something? It's just an interest form. Okay. <clears throat> if you fill Great. out the interest form, you're not you know uh, committing to anything. You're just uh, saying, "Hey, I'd like more information." Yeah, and okay. I can Matt, get in if I could just say real quick, perfect. Um, that sounds great. I'm, I was so sympathetic to your not remembering those six faculties that we have to care for that I, I put them into an acronym for you. Uh, <laughs> and I guarantee right. you'll, you'll never forget them again. Oh, wow. great. The, the acronym is the Sperm V. Okay, Perfect. what's the acronym? <laughs> or Sperm V. That's pretty good. So helpful. Yeah. Well. Right? Right? <laughs> Golly, there's how, so many things I want to say right now, but and yeah. vigorous. Know we have to tend to our Sperm yeah. Vs. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. The old the old TM. sperm bee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows about that. Yeah. Yep. That's a wrap. Woo. Um, all right. Well that's a that's a that's now you've got something extra. Now you've got something extra, Matt, to, to put these cohorts. Wonderful. Yeah, that's I'm always looking for tweaks and you yeah, know, things there you go. to yeah, it's great. Next time though, next time the I, w- I do want to hear, so text me. Next time you're asked to say what the six things are, mm-hmm. right. just tell me if that came into your mind because there's something, t- you're, not, you're never going to tell people that that's how you're going to remember it, but maybe that right. internally is how you'll remember it from now on. Maybe. <laughs> he's sticky, <laughs> man. Right. This is you, an Enneagram uh, 9 moment where he's not really telling us what he thinks right now. So. <laughs> no. um, he's one, being one last attentive. For you, Matt. He's being attentive to what's mm. going yeah, on. He's, yeah, he's, right. underneath, he's diving beneath the surface in his own that's heart. It. That's right. No, Matt, I do have one more question. So, um, I think this cohort would be really helpful if you know for ministry leaders who are out there who are who are realizing, man, my life is jacked up. Yeah. This pandemic has not jacked up, like burned out, but like there's something off about the way I'm doing my ministry, the way I'm leading my life here. Um, I think your cohort would be really helpful for them. Um, if that's not in the cards for anybody out mm-hmm. there, and they need something, uh, just like w- what's one piece of advice? What's one practice that somebody can engage in if they just feel like, man, what's a, what's a next step for me? How do I open mm. my life up to something better, to something new, to better soul care? Yeah. Yeah. Again, without being too, prescript, too pres- prescriptive, um, I, a lot of, t- now, again, it differs from personality to personality, but I have found that for a lot of folks, um, awareness about what's really going on inside of us, maybe particularly ministry leaders that are Mm -hmm. the temptation for ministry leaders or one of them is to like care about everybody else except for yourself. Right. Right. And what's going on in your own heart. Mm -hmm. And ministry leaders have a really hard time being honest with themselves. I think about Mm -hmm. what they're really experiencing because we, we've got a lot of shoulds. I right. should be doing this, or I, right, sh- right. I, I'm, I'm called to do this, and you know, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of comp. You know, I'm not trying to say that's not true or accurate, but it adds layers yeah. of com- of self. Uh, yeah. Yeah, of, you know, becomes difficult to be honest with yourself. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So one of the best ways to get honest with yourself and to become clear with yourself is to pay attention to your body, hmm. because our bodies don't lie to us. Um, hmm. Our minds can play tricks on us, yeah. Uh, which is kind of amazing. You know, our minds can allow human beings to go through unimaginable situations and trauma, and uh, our minds can figure out how to survive, even right. by lying right. to us about what's actually going right. on. And that's a survival kind of mechanism yeah. of sorts. Yeah. Our bodies don't do that. Our bodies, you know, can help us get clear. Uh, it can function as a mirror of sorts. Hmm. And so, a like a really simple, a simple, without being too prescriptive, a great place to think about, how do I get a sense of maybe what soul care might look like to me? Try to pay attention to the messages your body are send, is sending you. Hmm. And that's going to take some stillness and some quiet yeah. and maybe yeah. some even some feedback from other people that you trust of hmm. talking to you. It's going to you know, require yes. some attentiveness. Yes. Um, but that could be could be a great place to start for just some awareness. And mm-hmm. then you can start to go back, okay, I'm noticing this. Maybe that's an entry point for me 
of beginning to practice some some soul care, some self care in a more holistic yeah. way, and paying attention that's to great. God in it. Yeah, that's really good, Matt. I, I um, and I, I would I would add to that, like I, a therapist told me a while back that like my practice for the, you know, for the week, for the next month mm. was just going to be breathing, like pausing to take eight deep breaths eight times a day. I was like, I'm just breathing. That's all I'm doing. I was I was amazed at how. Uh, how much I had been studied in ignoring my body, ignoring mm. the messages that were coming from my body. And again, probably survival mechanism stuff kicking in there. But just taking those breaths, uh, I found that like things would come up for me and I'd notice that I feel anxious or I'd notice that I'm angry or I'd know, you know, and a lot of these mm. things and being able to just write those down with, again, without that judgment. Um, Cause I think, I think you're yeah. right. I think ministry leaders, cause we're working for God um, are oftentimes, you know what I mean? Like we oftentimes feel like, well, I shouldn't be angry about this, you know, or right. this feels yeah, petty yeah. for me to be upset about this or, yeah. you know, that kind of a thing. At least those are the messages that I've sometimes uh, had to wrestle with. So sure. that's really great, man. Just get in touch with your body and notice what it's telling you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good can first be, step. Can be a good starting point for a lot of Absolutely. folks. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. Well, um, that's probably... That's probably good enough for today. We'll put a link to uh, that interest form if you're interested in um, checking out one of Matt's um, soul care cohorts. Are there other ways that people can uh, find you or get in touch with you if they have other questions? I mean... Are you on the, like, the social medias? Or I'm on social so, medias. Yeah, yeah, I am on Facebook and on Instagram. Okay. Those are the things. Um, mm-hmm. I should also say that I do this cohort not just for ministry leaders but for anybody so okay some of the flow of it is a little bit different if you're not in vocational ministry but okay. if you are, have a different vocation um yeah i'd love to talk with you about that as well if that's interesting to you okay very good me too matt thanks for sharing all this with us today super helpful super edifying for me i think it will be for our listeners too absolutely fun to hang out with you guys thanks for having me peace Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com join you'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.